Kia ora, and welcome to the New Zealand Property Market Podcast, brought to you by CoreLogic, produced by Agent TV for the 2nd of November, 2020. I'm Head of Research, Nick Goodall, and I'm joined by our Senior Property Economist, Calvin Davidson, down in Christchurch. Calvin, how you doing, mate? Isn't it hard to believe we're in November already? <laughs> yeah, I really, that really just clicked for me when you said it then. I hadn't really thought about it up until then, but oh, crazy. Yeah, and, and I bet we'll start to hear about Christmas now too with uh, decorations going up in shops. But yeah, it's been a strange year to say the least. <laughs> probably probably a lot of people will be pretty keen to see the back of it and um, look forward to next year. But yeah, plenty to do yet before the end of the year. Indeed, yeah, I saw someone on Facebook has literally put their own Christmas tree up at their house, so I just thought that's getting out of hand, but, um, you know, we just hit November, but they were like, this year's been, you know, crazy, I'm, I'm going to try and get some joy in it and chuck a Christmas tree up, I was like, wow, okay, good on you, but um, how was, uh, enjoy the weekend anyway, mate, obviously catch the rugby uh, from the All Blacks? Yep, yep, rugby was awesome, I didn't get up to too much else, uh, a little bit of... Uh solo parenting and in, inverted commas on Saturday. My wife was out Friday night, so uh, a yeah, little, little bit of time on my own with the kids on Saturday. And yeah, loved the rugby. It was uh, obviously a top performance. And I, I read somewhere, biggest winning margin we've ever had over Australia. So didn't, certainly didn't see that one coming. My, my predicted score in advance was slightly closer. Um, but yeah, great result. And um, yeah, loved the tries and just all around awesome. Yeah. Carry yourself. Yeah, I mean, it was impressive, all right. Um, just, yeah, piling on those points in the first half and, yeah, just um, just great to watch. And just thinking, you know, it's, it's uh, one of those ones, you always know the All Blacks have got a game like that in them. But I, I sort of thought that with the new regime, you know, they weren't quite ready to put one together like that. But they were um, they were super impressive. My tipped score was um, higher for both sides. So I sort of thought, you know, I might be having a bit of a shootout this weekend and, you know, both scoring points and had the Aussies scoring 30-odd as well. So that was the surprise, really, is that they just didn't look at the races and I thought they really struggled without a, a decent number 10 obviously debuting a young fellow there and, and they really suffered from that and he was pretty bad defensively too so you know but the All Blacks certainly made uh, made the most of it so that was impressive and then my weekend yeah well you know talk about solo parenting I've what's been away for the last two days still not back till tonight so there's been uh, yeah me and the me and three kids all weekend um struggling through but it hasn't been that bad to be fair had some help with some friends and with my oldest daughter um going and hanging out with some friends for halloween and things so um that was all good mate all good we got we got through everyone's alive um so we'll we'll move on (laughs) (laughs) take that as a win yeah back into work come to work for a holiday exactly right yeah speaking of which i've obviously got the youngest is asleep right now, so we'll get this uh, podcast on the road, eh? And let's let's kick into it. So, look, the um, the key data info from last week. I suppose the first thing to acknowledge is the the house price index. We sort of teased it last week. That's being released this morning, straight out um, to media there. So, it should be you know online um, today for for people to look to look and check out. I think you know some headline stats. Um, the key thing nationwide was that values grew 1.3% over the month. And, you know, the line that I wrote in our release was that it's really, the market's really accelerated. And this is backing up, as we spoke about last week, all the anecdotes of how strong the market is. There's still very strong demand in the market, helped out by the fact there's low interest rates, obviously no LVRs at the moment, and the fact there's just nothing for sale either. And so we're seeing those values respond by just growing at faster rate now than they have been for, for a wee while, of course. Um, and that's encapsulated also across the main centres. You look at, you know, over the last three months, Wellington's grown by 2.8%. 
Hamilton 2.2%, um, even Christchurch 1.3% too. And these are all pretty strong rates for just a three-month period, considering you know we know what we've obviously come through. And then from a slightly broader perspective, the other point I was going to touch on was that all 21 main urban areas that we sort of focus on, there's a lot few more than that, of course, but we sort of focus on the main 21 main urban areas or cities, I suppose you'd call them in most cases. They all experience value growth over the month. So this is across the board. Most markets or all markets are, are really growing quite strongly. And that includes Queenstown um, over that month anyway. So it must be noted, I suppose, that the 0.8% growth in Queenstown only partially recovered from the decrease that's been seen over the last you know, six or seven months. So values are still 1.2% lower than July. So on that three-month measure, they're still down, but there was some growth in the last month. And I think we talked about it last month as well, where we saw this minor tick up in Queenstown's values. We weren't really going to calling it too early, but now we're seeing two individual months of growth. You know, there's probably a bit more confidence there to say, yeah, you know, maybe Queenstown's reached its uh, its kind of bottom, I suppose, for now. Um, you know, we always cautious and talk about the headwinds coming up, but it does still sit 5.6% below the peak before COVID hit. So, you know, there's still some way to go to recover that drop, but certainly the um, the drop or the trough sort of seems to have arrived for Queenstown anyway. Um, I mean, did you, is there anything sort of thing you wanted to pick up on from the results or, or just in general about the commentary? Just to, I guess, a, a bit of a side issue around those property values is, is kind of what's driving it you know we've seen seen this continued rise and um, the mortgage lending figures were out last week and and very very strong numbers so we predicted here 6.8 billion it actually turned out to be 7.3 so uh, really really strong about to almost 2 billion higher than the same month last year so you know there might be timing effects still in there with with delayed transactions or whatever but yeah genuinely pretty strong numbers and um, so obviously there's a lot of activity that's contributing to higher prices what's started to come through is obviously this chat around the loan to value ratio rules and, and whether uh, they might come back in a bit sooner than what people thought. I guess the point we've been trying to make and, and get out there, which maybe hasn't had as much coverage as it could have done, is, is part of the reason why uh, those loan to value ratio rules were temporarily removed was just to sort of remove any uncertainty that banks, and uh, or especially the banks, might have had around how that interacts with the mortgage payment deferrals and if people you know, were racking up their mortgage, it was getting bigger and bigger as they weren't paying it, you know, how that would affect their LVR and, and you get technical breaches of loan conditions. So there was, there was, there was, that was a, that, and the Reserve Bank said that, that was a big part of why they put those rules on hold. So in terms of if and when the LVR rules come back, potentially just for investors, well, who knows? Um, the Reserve Bank's got a couple of opportunities probably before the end of the year. They've got the, MPS on the 11th of November and the financial stability report on the 25th. So could be chances there, but it just yeah, maybe feels a little bit too soon given that mortgage payment deferral scheme will, will run till March next year. Um, but yeah, could well signal in, in these couple of upcoming opportunities that they'd want to see that high LVR lending going to investors, maybe maybe sort of reined in a little bit or else, you know, they're definitely looking at a a return of those rules next year. Um, so yeah, related issue, but but interesting to see that strength in lending and this this growing speculation that you know investors might be seeing LVR rules back sooner rather than later. 
Yeah, I thought that was a really good call out in your in your article last week. Was pointing that out because that was, as you say, the key reason why they took the LDR restrictions off was for those people that you were taking on deferrals. Um, so important thing to note when you're considering that they're going to bring them back. And it's also worth noting that you know it hasn't there hasn't been a lift in lending above 80% LVR, really. It's been pretty marginal, if anything. And that's what people have sort of been talking about, that, oh, you know, you can't bring them back because it'll impact first-home buyers. Well, actually, you know, first-home buyers haven't come storming into the market because the LVR restrictions have, have gone away. Um, the only real change has been those investors who previously required a 30% deposit now are uh, basically adhering to banking policy, which is generally need a 20% deposit. And it's that between 70% and 80% that is the... That is the big change for investors. So, yep, sure, still, you know, the LVR restrictions might come in to, to tone that down a little bit, but it's not like everyone's going to 0% deposit or 10% deposit suddenly because the LVR restrictions aren't there as well. So, actually, the impact of bringing them back, again, wouldn't have too much of an impact in the market. Those investors, you know, yes, might be slightly restricted, um, but that's about the only group. And, and the interesting, I think, other point that was made was, you know, the fact that they might come back at some stage can actually cause a flood of investors to, to go to market now while they can. And it's just, you know, you end up bringing activity forward for those people that don't have the 70%, um, the 30% equity, sorry. They come in now while they, you know, while they can. Otherwise, they end up waiting and probably buying later anyway. So it just brings forward some transactions, which could also be, you know, partly why we're seeing such a strong sales volumes at the moment. We obviously talked about how strong, um, September's figures were in terms of sort of record record every month for you know five or six years um, and that partly could be because there's you know concern or, or consideration of the LVRs coming back at some stage so yeah look I think that's um that's really important things to call out there yeah no certainly and and also I guess there's, there's also the up for grabs a little bit about what they actually do if and when the rules come back I mean that looks like they probably will at some point <laughs> the timing I guess is the question rather than anything but uh, what they do you know it the old rule bearing in mind for investors was that uh, no more than 5% of lending could go out with a deposit of less than 30%. Maybe uh, that's now 15% with with no less than a 30% deposit. Maybe they actually raised that speed limit a little bit rather than taking it back to that very, very, we know it was, was really quite a strict uh, you know, rule for, for investor lending. Maybe they just they bring it back in, but in a slightly more relaxed form than what they had previously. So who knows? It's all up for grabs for now and uh, just see how it plays out. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, you know, we also need to remember that, you know, the, the bank, the Reserve Bank is all about financial stability. And that's why they're there in the first place, because they're concerned about anyone with low equity, what they would happen to them if there was a major downturn in the future. And so that's why the LBR limits are there. Um, and, and so that's going to be their key question to themselves is, do we need to bring this in to improve our financial stability? Okay, mate, well, that's, I think that's some um, good stuff there. What about, um, if we go to some more economic things to cover, we know that the, um, the jobs filled stats came out last week, pretty solid, eh? Yeah, they were, yeah. And uh, continuing on how they've been for the last few months, really. So the, the figures for September showed 2.2 million filled jobs across the economy, which is pre-COVID. So as if nothing's happened, really. Crazy, uh, crazy set of stats. Um, I mean, there's, there's a good sector breakdown there and, and you can look at lots of, different, lots of different parts of the economy. The one that we've kind of chatted about a little bit and, and, and tried to flag up is, is construction. You know, a sector that, that was really, I guess, flagged up at the start of all of this as being pretty vulnerable and, and a lot of concerns around that. 
uh, construction still actually adding jobs. So quite a remarkable thing when uh, you, you look back five or six months and people thought it would be really hard hit and we actually saw some job losses in construction. So to have a scenario now where it's actually still adding jobs on a monthly basis is a pretty yeah pretty sh- remarkable turnaround. And, and so, yeah, that's that's um, sort of the overall story there. But overall, still, uh, yeah, still a solid set of figures. Yeah, I mean, that, that was always the one I was most interested in for the jobs numbers. It's any early indicator of labour market and, and, and certain industries, and especially because construction, we know that's an area the government have been particularly interested in. We're worried about if there was a downturn in construction, that it's very hard to come back from that as it was after the global financial crisis and construction dropped, dropped away considerably. And so any early indicator to how healthy that market is, is is the key thing, really. And that's where the jobs filled number, which is obviously faster moving than unemployment rate and things. That's um, that's why we're so focused on it. So it is really interesting to see that, that continue to increase. The one thought I originally had from the previous numbers was, you know, how many of them are being supported by the wage subsidy? And while the MSD's wage subsidy figures aren't split by industry and the data I was looking at, um, you know, the numbers that were supported, the number of jobs supported by the wage subsidy has now decreased massively. Um, So it is unlikely that it is actually, you know, that the construction industry are being kept up by that wage subsidy. So um, that's that's really the the big thing for me. Um, Moving on then, the confidence surveys were also out out last week, Calvin. Yep, yep, both uh, both pretty solid. Um, this this is from the ANZ measures uh, business and consumer confidence, and and really the results for October continued on what we saw the previous month, where you'd sort of regard them as as being stable, steady, solid, whichever S word you want to use, probably. Um, and and so yeah, just a, again a nice set of results that should give people a, a sort of degree of reassurance. I think we should also point out though that as ANZ did and have done is that. Some of these support measures for the economy, which which will be feeding into these short-term confidence measures, are fast, immediate. You know, it's it's that an instant injection of cash and, and confidence. Some of the pressures we're facing are slower moving and 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 will come through longer term, such as this shortfall of tourism that we're going to have over the summer that that um, you know is still out there on the horizon. So we do need to bear in mind that some of the things that are supporting the economy are short term and, and we still face some risks. So um, you know not out of the woods yet by any means, but yeah, nice a nice set of results again. Yeah, that's a good point there, especially I think the I saw that chart relying on how much we're reliant on um, overseas people through the summer period. And, you know, it actually goes downturn in terms of um, over the winter period where we actually, you know, um, don't lose as many people, of course. And so that lift in domestic tourism has actually made up for um, a lot of that potential spend. But it's the summertime. And I think there's been a bit of talk about it. The summertime is where there's going to be a key crunch point for those businesses that obviously in the tourism industry. So I think that's why there's that level of caution around what happens over summer. Now, that loss of tourism spend then is going to be really when those businesses have to start thinking about their, their situation. So that's, that's, that's a really good call out. Um, okay, mate, well, the other, the other stats which come out, which I suppose are pretty standard these days, are the foreign buyer stats in terms of the, you know, the figures there. They're obviously quite low, but um, I know you track those again. Yep, yep, uh, more of the same, really. It's, it, I was thinking uh, as I was looking through these stats that we used to get asked about these quite a lot each quarter you know journalists and people would be wondering what's going on now you see almost nothing in fact I don't think I even saw these stats covered um, I might have missed it but so yeah it just goes to show uh, that it has been more of the same so in, in um, the third quarter 
uh, people without citizenship or residency bought or accounted for 0.6% of property transactions in the country. Selling, or they, they came in on the selling side on 0.9% of transactions. So both buying and selling on those side of the transactions really low, less than 1% on each side for a small net sale, I suppose you could call it. So in, in other words, in Q3, yeah, they sold a few more properties than what they bought. Uh, so it's, it's, it's just very low levels of activity. And, and I guess um, you know, the foreign buyer ban is, is doing what it was supposed to do. And yeah, no, no, probably not much more to be said, really hard to really say that, that there's any impact on the wider market from this. It's just taking away doing its thing. And, and yeah, is what it is. And I think that's that's always the thing from my perspective is, you know, often when this came in, there was discussion around, you know, if, is this going to slow the market down because there's all these foreign buyers? I think it's pretty clear that hasn't been the case. So as you say, the fact that it's low doesn't really matter. It just is what it is. It reflects the fact that it's difficult to buy. And it's more about the political side of it, which I think we said right at the start about, you know, it feels you know, right that you have to be a resident or a citizen here to buy property. And you can argue that either way, but that's that's really all it's about, I think. Um, all right, mate, we'll get into the property stuff then. I just wanted to um, touch on very briefly the early market indicators data. Of course, that daily data is impacted by the fact we had Labor Day last week. So I've just had a quick look at the numbers to adjust for the fact that that Monday, you know, people weren't, you know, obviously going to the bank and, and uh, ordering valuations or the rest of the agents probably took a long weekend as well. So if you adjust for not having that one day, the rest of the week sort of looks up about 7% for um, appraisals. So relatively good signs for supply there and valuations, as I've sort of been doing, the valuations ordered through the banks, uh, you know, also up by about 5%. So demand again, continuing to grow as we'd expect um, at the end of October, you know, in this in the spring period. So I think that's just, you know, much of the, the same what we've seen recently, um, good little lift in potential supply, which is great. Um, and then valuations, yeah, still being relatively solid, demand is still there. And so that's going to, you know, continue to see, you know, with the prices we talked about, the house price index, continue to see that grow, um, I guess, as well. And then the only other thing um, from last week, mate, was the quarterly report that you obviously wrote and, and we published last week. And, you know, my brief with this one's always, you know, comprehensive look back at the quarter. There's plenty of great data and charts in there, including buyer classification for each of the main centres and even a few regions around those centres as well. So lots of good information for you know anyone that's you know aware of the market and wants to know what's going on. Um, so just go and download that or bookmark it and have that on reference because there's uh, so much stuff made easily available to people as well. But was there anything else sort of in your exec summary, you know, trying to really sum up that quarter and, and what, what the property market did over that period? Uh, well, just to sum up the quarter, I mean, I, I wrote in the executive summary that, in the, in the first paragraph, I think, from memory, just the just remarkable turnaround. You know, go back three months, and, and the tone of, of what I was writing was, oh, it's very uncertain. You know, sales volumes are down, prices are looking a bit shaky in different parts of the country. Only three months later, I'm rewriting it, and, and everything's on the up, and, and people are positive. So, yeah, just a, a that that degree of turnaround was the thing that struck me as I was going through, and and. Um, yeah, I guess the strength and bounce back of, of investors that we've talked about and, and continued demand from first home buyers. So all those things, but degree of turnaround was the thing and, and amazing how things, how fast things are moving. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly right. And I think when we put the Q2 one out, you know, we talked about that being, you know, this on record view of what happened in that crazy period, you know, April through to June. And now we've got this, you know, almost crazy recovery um, where things have just bounced back so solid. And again, that's the, this is the, the report that kind of has all that nicely encapsulated in one area. So, yeah, great, great point on that one. Um, okay, mate, well, what's, um, what's coming up for this week then? What are we looking out for? Uh, well, we've had, so just out now, uh, while we've been recording this, has, has been building consents for the latest month, and uh, I haven't had a chance to look through them closely, but uh, pretty strong seems to be the tone again, so uh, the Stats New Zealand headline talks about Auckland, so I'm, I'm picking that Auckland was was pretty robust again, driving the national figure, and um, yeah, so probably just another indicator where there might have been some uncertainty going back three or four months, but it just continues to to bounce along and, and go against those perhaps weaker expectations that we might have had a few months ago. I, I suppose there's, there's still uncertainty around um, building consents, but you know every month we go by where they're as strong as they have been, you sort of you know that uncertainty gets put in the background a little bit. So so yeah, those just out, we'll be able to pr- provide a bit more detail uh, when we can. Uh, and then big indicator coming out on Wednesday this week is the labour market figures. So we think back a few months to the to the latest figure that we've got for the unemployment rate in particular uh, was reported by Stats New Zealand to have held flat in Q2, which everyone was really surprised by, and it was due to those those technical issues around people were they in the workforce, were were they not, you know, more <coughs> sort of statistical quirks. So, but this quarter, uh, everyone expecting the unemployment rate to have risen as some of those quirks kind of work their way out. Um, so yeah, looking looking for that on Wednesday, and just to see where that unemployment rate has settled. Probably most people are going for around that five point five six percent, which would be be up pretty sharply from from the previous reading of four percent. Um, so yeah, really interesting one to look out for on Wednesday, and then yeah, what happens to unemployment thereafter? But but yeah, let's get first things first and see what happens on Wednesday. Yeah, of course. And then, you know, we've touched on, I suppose, indicators for both those things anyway, in terms of building consents and unemployment, you know, the jobs filled and construction looking um, pretty good. So the, the forecast of that looks okay. But from the unemployment perspective, of course, we know that there will be a lift in unemployment, it just hasn't been in the construction side of things, which is where the building consents come in. And yeah, I saw the I saw a headline pop up before as well about the building consents, which was, I think it was a billion dollars of consents for Auckland or something. So as you say, that seems to be leading the, leading the headlines for that one yeah yep cool mate well um i'll wrap us up there um people may have heard that yes my daughter did in fact wake up halfway through recording so we've done this a little bit piecemeal and she's currently sitting on my lap so i'll uh i'll wrap us up there and she might well have something more to say about that but look thanks you uh thanks for your insight mate and sorry for the uh start and stop nature of today but that's uh that's the world we live in today i suppose Otherwise, just thanks for listening. Please do subscribe, rate and review us. Get in touch as well. I'll leave a few links as well to things like the House Price Index in the show notes and all our details to get in touch with it there as well. Um, Otherwise, thank you. I'm Nick. He's Calvin. You've been listening to the New Zealand Property Market Podcast. Mā tewa.